Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. A defiled conscience is a conscience, of course, that's always sin-minded. And it's always trying to, um, this is a person that's always trying to perfect themselves. They're trying their best to live right, to do right. Now, they're trying to do that because they do not fully believe that Jesus has done the work. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Welcome back to another uh, Sunday morning here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. Remember, if you're in the area, stop on by to see us. The details of where we are and the service times and all of that is on our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. Stop by today. Praise God. All right, let's go ahead and continue. Uh, we've been talking about law and grace for quite a while. Uh, this foundation, this is foundational to the life of every born-again believer. If your foundation is not correct, uh, then nothing else is going to be correct. If you're building a house and the foundation is crooked, every wall that you put up is going to be crooked. It's not going to be stable. So we have to make sure that our foundation is correct. Let's go back to the book of Acts. Acts the uh, 13th chapter, Acts 13, verses 38 through 39. Now, let me tell you this from the jump, from the get-go. God wants you to be perfect. He wants you to be perfect. And, and we'll see this if you're born again believer. He has actually made you perfect through the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants you to be perfect. Now, he's not telling you to make yourself perfect because that won't work. How is it possible that something imperfect can make a perfect thing? Can't can happen. Imperfection cannot make perfection. Only perfection can make perfection. So it's our job to yield to the Father as he perfects his work in us. Hallelujah. Yield to him as he perfects his work in you. Amen. Acts 13, Acts 13, verses 38, 39 says this, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Through Jesus Christ, all of your sins can be forgiven. Verse 39, And by him all that believe, say all that believe, all that believe are justified, declared innocent, declared innocent, free of guilt. Through him, through Jesus Christ, all that believe are justified or declared innocent from all things. I love that. All that believe. I love that. Through him, all that believe. That means you too. Through him, all that believe are justified or declared innocent, guiltless from all things. Think about the most terrible things in your past. He's justified you from that too, declared you innocent. He's washed your sins away. And this is something that the law could not do. The law of Moses could not do. All right, now let's go back, uh, rather better yet, let's go to Ephesians. I want to show you something today. Ephesians, the second chapter. And we're going to be speaking from the subject of the perfect gift. The perfect gift. The perfect gift. 
Ephesians, the second chapter, look at verses 8 and 9, and this is how it reads. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the what? It is the what? It is the what? It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. All right, so you are saved by grace. By grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, that in other words, is not of your labor. It is a gift. It is the gift of God, least any man should boast. Last time we talked about a defiled conscience. A defiled conscience or how the blood of Jesus will cleanse your conscience so that you can serve the living God. A defiled conscience is a conscience, of course, that's always sin-minded. And it's always trying to... Um, this is a person that's always trying to perfect themselves. They're trying their best to live right, to do right. Now, they're trying to do that because they do not fully believe that Jesus has done the work. That's what defiles the conscience, because they do not fully believe in the blood of Jesus, in the work and the atoning work of Jesus Christ. That's why we continually try to do right, trying to do better. Because we really don't believe that Jesus has done the work. Got me? So we don't want to have a defiled conscience uh, that produces dead works, that produces sinful deeds. Because all that says is that you really don't believe what Jesus did. And it's easy to fall into that trap. It's easy to fall back into works and fall out of grace if you don't watch it. So, again, I'll say to you, God wants you to be perfect. But you can make yourself perfect because imperfection cannot make perfection. It takes something perfect, someone perfect, to make something perfect. All right? So, as we talked about this gift, let's talk about this perfect gift that God has given to you. And so the Bible says salvation is a gift. Say gift. Salvation is the gift of God, not of works. Now, let's go to... Uh, Romans 5. Let's go to Romans, the fifth chapter, Romans 5. And let's talk more about this gift, this perfect gift that God has given unto you. Hang with me today. Romans, the fifth chapter. Let's look at verse number 14. Now, I've been wanting to get to this for quite some time. If you have been struggling, if you've been struggling with righteousness of how it's possible for you to be right in the sight of God, after knowing what you've been and what you've done, Romans 5 should help solve that issue. It should help solve it all together. Romans 5 talks about a comparison between uh, Adam and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible calls Jesus actually the last Adam, one of his titles, the last Adam. So listen to this comparison about what happened here. Romans 5, we'll start at verse 14. It says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come? Now, it says that Adam was a figure. In other words, Adam was a shadow of the Christ that is to come. The word Adam means first in the line of many. We would say today Adam means, may mean a prototype, the first one. If you are uh, making cookies 
and you have a cookie cutter. That cookie cutter is your atom. In other words, when you mash it on the first cookie, on the first cookie dough, or the hundredth cookie dough, it will have the same shape. It is the atom. The atom gives it gives the, everything everything behind it its shape and its form and its likeness. Whatever's first will uh, produce all throughout the line. Okay, so let's look at this. It says here, uh, verse fifteen. But not as the offense, so also is the what gift? Notice the word free gift. This is a free gift to you. Now, let's stop there for a moment. God's giving you a free gift. Now, for him to say free gift, you, you, if you're living in this world today, we know that not all gifts are free. A lot of gifts come with strings attached. You know, you want this, you want this, give me your email address, give me your phone number, give me your social security number, and I'll give you this gift, but it's really not a gift. You had to pay for it. God has given us a free gift. I love that. It says, verse 15 again, but not as the offense, uh, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, have abounded unto many. Verse 16. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. All right. What it's saying, what Adam did cause condemnation to come upon all men. And we'll see this here. But God's gift through Christ Jesus will cause salvation to all mankind. Remember, remember the cookie cutter. What starts at the beginning, you mash it down the first lump of dough. You get that shape all the way down to the one hundredth or to the one millionth. You always can get that shape. If it's in the atom, it will be in all the others. Got me? If it's in the atom, and if you come after, if you're in the same line of that atom, you'll have the same form, you'll have the same shape. All right, let's look at verse number 17. It says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So again, because of Adam's one offense, his act of disobedience, everyone in the line, every stamp had the same problem. Every stamp, if you're on an assembly line, and if there was a flaw uh, from the engineering department, and maybe how a door handle was made, every door handle that came off that assembly line would then have the same flaw. Because it was there, because it existed in the atom, in the very first, in the prototype. If they didn't discover it, then what's going to happen? Now we've got to recall all these cars and try to fix the flow. If it's in the atom, it's going to be in all those that came afterwards. All right. So Adam, uh, because he disobeyed God, death reigned. And so death is in every model after that. But in Christ. He said, they which receive abundance of grace and gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. 
Remember Jesus being the last Adam. He is the last Adam. Not sure if I said that before. The Bible calls him the last Adam. Not the second Adam, but the last Adam, meaning there will be no other prototype after him. Look at verse 18. Uh, Therefore, if by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came unto all men unto justification of life. All those that were stamped, all those that were stamped uh, by Adam, all received death. But all those who were stamped by Christ all received justification of life. Okay? All right, let's go a little bit further. Verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience were many made, rather, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Now, I want to show you something here. And hello, Liz, good to see you. I want to show you something. This is verse 19 is very crucial. It seems like it all gets down to verse 19. You really got to understand this. All right. Because of the disobedience of one, many were made. Say made. made. Many were made sinners because Adam disobeyed. All in that line of Adam were made sinners. You are not a sinner in the sight of God because you have sinned. You were already made a sinner the moment you were born. Sinner hung over your head the moment you were born. You didn't have to do anything to be made a sinner except be born. David said, I was born into sin, born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Now, how do we know that that's true? When a baby is first born, you don't see it. But the longer the child lives, the more you will see sinner. You don't have to teach a child to lie. Who ate that cookie? Mm -hmm. You don't have to teach him to lie. You don't have to teach him to steal. You don't have to teach him not to share. You don't have to teach him any of that. It's in them. It's in the blood. It's in the DNA. All you had to do to receive the title of sinner was be born. Your sins, no matter what you did, did not grant you the title before God of sinner. You inherited sinner of no fault of your own because you were born. Got it? The word made here is a passive word. There are two types of um, really tenses, I believe. Two types. There's either passive or active. You were made a sinner. Passive. Let me give you an example of passive. Passive meaning, uh, we can say it this way, the ball hit the boy. That's passive. The ball hit the boy. The boy did nothing, just standing there, minding his own business with a snow cone. And a ball came out of nowhere and hit the boy. Passive activity, an activity that was done to the boy. Now, active activity, the boy hit the ball. 
The boy was the one who initiated the action. He hit the ball. Okay? There's passive, something done to you, and there's active, something that you do. You being made a sinner was passive. All you had to do was be born. Okay? The traits of Adam continued through your family line through birth, through the process of birth. You did nothing to control when you were born. You did nothing to control who your parents were. You did nothing to determine your skin color. You did nothing to determine any of that. All of that was done to you. You had nothing to do with it. All you had to do to receive from Adam was be born. So people are called sinners, not because they sin, but because of Adam's sin. Got me? Let's look a little bit further. Verse 19 says again, For as by one man's disobedience many were made, say made, made. were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made, say made, made. shall many be made righteous. This is also passive. It talks about Jesus. The first Adam sinned and sin went down the line. All he had to do is be born to receive what Adam did. All he had to do is be born. The last Adams act through the, through the obedience of the last Adam, Jesus Christ. All those that are born again receive his traits. Both are both you receive from both Adams through birth. Got me? Born the first time. You had nothing to do with that. But God is gracious. He's not going to force himself on you. So he invites you to be born again. And when you are born again, then you get the traits of the last Adam. Everything that he is now is now in you. You are that. He is the stamp. The cookie cutter. And every, every time when he stamped you, you became like him. You became like him. You were born in his image and after his likeness. Now, with the first Adam, you did nothing to receive the title sinner. And with the last Adam, you did nothing to receive the title righteous. All you had to do was be born. So regardless of how I act, remember, your sins didn't make you a sinner. Therefore, your righteous actions won't make you righteous. It is a passive activity. You agreed to be born again. You agreed. Nicodemus said, hey, can I go back? How am I a man that is old? Go back into his mama and be born again. No, Nicodemus. No, Nick. He's not, we're not. We're not talking about physical, physical things. We're talking about spiritually. Because if you had only uh, one tooth and, and one string of hair and you said, Jesus, I receive you. Amen. After you said amen, you're still going to have one tooth and one string of hair. We're not talking about a physical birth. We're talking about a spiritual rebirth. Hallelujah. So, again, you can't make yourself righteous. It is an action that is done to you. 
Through the shed blood of Jesus, you are then righteous. And because it's a passive action, no matter how much right you do, you're not going to make yourself more righteous. No matter how much wrong you do, you're not going to make yourself unrighteous. Because righteousness is an activity that God did to you. Now, those that are born of God now have the DNA of Christ. And our desire is to please the Father. Our desire is to please him because we're born after the image of the son. We've been born again. And Jesus said, I always do those things that please my father. His desire was to please the father every day to please the father. And all those that are born after him have that same desire to please the father. You got it? Praise God. So we have faith in the finished work of Jesus. Let's go on a little bit further. Now, that was verse number 19. Let's go on a little bit further. Let's go to. Uh, yeah, let me bring one more point. Verse 17, one more time. Verse 17 says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive, say receive, receive. say receive. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. The word receive there means to take in. It means to lay hold of in order to use, to take in, lay hold of. Now, the devil forces sins on you. When Adam uh, partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam and Eve, when they did that, Sin was forced on the populace of all mankind. But again, God is not forcing himself on you. You have to receive. You have to receive. You have to be willing and say, Father, I receive your gift. I receive it. You would say, well, Jesus did it for everybody. So that means that uh, everybody is saved. Everybody's going to heaven uh, you have to receive. You have to receive or else God would be just as bad as the devil enforcing people. And there are people that don't want Jesus in their lives. There are people that despise and curse Jesus. Even today, even back in Bible times, they despise him and curse him so much that they hung him on the cross. They plotted against him to kill him. They didn't want Jesus around. So the gift of God is good. This perfect gift is so good that the Father invites you to come. You have to receive the invitation. You have to believe and receive. And once you do that, then you are reborn. Reborn in the image of the last Adam. And all of his traits come upon you. This is done to you. You are now righteous. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have to say that. I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. We're just like him. We're just like him. You say, but I don't know about that. I still got some crazy thoughts up in here, and I still do some crazy sinful things. You see, let's go back to Hebrews 10 one more time. Let's talk about this perfect gift and what God has done with you and through you. Let's make sure we got this right. You all stay with me today? 
Hebrews 10. Let's look at verse number 11 through 18. And it says this, under the old, under the old uh, covenant, the, uh, the high, rather, the priest stands and, and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can uh, never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. Look at verse 14. For by that one offering, he forever, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Let's bring that up again. For by the one offering, by his blood, he has made you perfect. He has made you perfect in the sight of God. He's made you perfect. God says because of the blood of Jesus, that you are perfect. That is, without one flaw, nothing missing, nothing broken about you, nothing at all. Now, what part is he speaking about? The part that was reborn. The part that's in the image and likeness of Jesus. You look like Jesus in the spirit. Now, he said that you have been made perfect and that you are being made holy. What part of you is being made holy or being made sanctified? That's your soul. Your soul has to catch up with what happened to your spirit. That is the mind of crisis is uh, circulating through you right now. That is the Holy Spirit is training you and he is maturing you, catching up to what he has already done for you in the spirit. But we have to agree with God. God sees me as perfect. I am perfect. I am without flaw. There's nothing missing in me. There's nothing broken in me. I agree with God. Now, you can either agree with, the, agree with God or you can agree with the devil. Or you can agree with your coworkers and friends. Agree with your haters. You perfect? Now, I don't think so. You can roll your little head right on out of here. Are you hear what I'm saying? I can agree with God. Now, the devil knows that you've been made perfect. Because, again, your perfection is in the spirit. Your perfection is in the spirit realm. It's in the spirit. And the Holy Spirit of God is making you sanctified or he's making you holy through your day to day life. It is true that you've been made perfect spiritually. You look just like Jesus. The cookie cutter of Christ was mashed into you. Praise God. And if you've ever dealt with dough in a cookie cutter before, when you have a big lump of dough and you mash that cookie cutter into the dough, I bet you that dough saying, oh! Because as you push it down, everything that doesn't fit, it gets cut off. And so as the Lord is making us holy, as he's maturing us, there are some things that do not fit. This is the time that we say, oh, Lord, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Why is so-and-so don't want to hang around me anymore? Why this and that and the other? Pushing down. What has been done in the spirit, the spirit always comes first. And then the natural. 
What is done in the spirit is coming into the natural. And the more you yield to that process, the more you will see the manifestation of Jesus in your life. You see his manifestation. Remember, his father's goal is the father's goal for you to look just like Jesus. Perfect in every way. But it is the flaw of man to think that we can make ourselves perfect by doing good things. Again, how can something that is imperfect produce something that is perfect? Can't happen. It can't happen. We have to yield to the spirit of God. Now, look at this same verse out of the Amplified Bible. Hebrews 10, verse 14. Hebrews 10, 14. Well, let me stop for a second. Holy Spirit, I just thank you, Father. I just thank you, Lord, for your word today. I just thank you for your awesome presence. I want to take this time right now and thank you and just honor you and just love on you. Thank you for being so faithful. Thank you that your word is having free course. Thank you, Lord, for doing your work. I really appreciate you so much, and I love you so very much. Thank you for helping us. Thank you. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Hebrews 10, verse 14. Now, the Amplified Bible says this. For by the one offering he has perfected forever and completely cleansed those who are being sanctified, bringing each believer to spiritual completion and maturity. So you can say, and you have to agree with God, that I have been, say with me, I have been perfected forever. And completely cleansed. That's that's who you are. You have been perfected forever. Nothing missing. Perfect is perfect. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Nothing's out of order with you. Nothing. This is how the Father can, can fellowship with you. Because these are characteristics of God. Not of man. This is God. You're becoming like him, you are already like him in the spirit and you're becoming like him in the natural. He said, uh, those who are being sanctified, uh, bringing each believer to spiritual completion and maturity. That's what he's doing right now, bringing you to spiritual completion and maturity. He's perfecting you in the natural. He's completing you in the natural. He's completing you. Every day that little cutter goes a little bit deeper. A little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. Are you hearing? Yeah. Now, let's talk just for a few, few more minutes before we close out today. What's the big deal about being spiritually perfect? What's the big deal? Where, where does the rubber meet the road? What, how is that going to help me? Knowing that I have been made spiritually perfect or that I look like Jesus. How is that going to help me at school? How is that going to help me at work? How is that going to help me you know, in finances or in relationship? How is that going to help me? Well, the first way is that because you are, because you have been made perfect in the sight of God, because you resemble Jesus, look just like him because he is your Adam. And remember, we have the traits of the Adam, of the first. He is a, Jesus is the first begotten of the dead. He is our elder brother. So we look like him. Now, again, uh, because you look like him, you are now superior in every way because you're perfect. You're superior in every way 
to any devil or demon. When you have when you have a spiritual encounter against the devil, it's not a level playing field. Because remember, you were changed, you were perfected in the spirit. The devil, Satan, is spirit. Demons are spirit. These attacks will first come to you in the spirit. And where did God make you perfect? In the spirit. You are superior in every way because God did the work to you, to you in the spirit. So when you have confrontations with the devil, you don't fight him from a fleshly realm. You don't, you don't fight him with your human intellect. Remember the same old mess happened to Adam and Eve in the beginning. You fight the enemy with spirit in spirit in your own playing field. The only way that you can be defeated is if you begin to agree with the devil. Well, I guess I'll never be nothing. I guess it's never going to work out. I, I guess I'm never going to get better. You begin to agree with him. That is, you have descended. The Bible says that you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places at the right hand of God. That is, you get off from your seat with Christ and you begin to descend and think like the devil. He begins to say, you'll never have anything. You'll never go anywhere. Things will never get better for you. And we agree with it. <coughs> Excuse me. How do I agree with it? How do I know you agree with it? You begin to say it. You begin to say it. And we agree with the enemy and we begin to have it. Are you hearing? Hold on a second. Let me give me a drink of water. Hold on a second. You go ahead and drink of water, too. Go ahead. <clears throat> go ahead and clear your throat, too. Go ahead. <clears throat> Praise God. All right. See, one, one water drinker here. <clears throat> All right. Richard's drinking something back there, too. Praise God. Nothing stronger right now. Praise God. <clears throat> yeah. We'll get a Coca-Cola later, maybe. Hot chocolate later. <clears throat> All right. But remember that you have to fight the enemy with spiritual weapons, the place where you've been made perfect. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10. We're talking about the perfect gift that God has given to you, the perfect gift that God has given you. God's given you the gift of perfection. He's given you the perfect gift. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 3 and 4 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We have divine weapons, a powerful arsenal. But if you, if you agree with the enemy, then you're going to be feeling shame and guilt and condemnation. He is, he's, you've allowed, you, you let him get in your head and he's pulled you down. And your strongest weapons are where you're perfected in the spirit. Let's look at uh, Matthew 4, 4, Matthew 4, verse 3 and 4. We see an example of how our last Adam, our elder brother, our Jesus, how he fought the enemy. Matthew 4, verse 3 and 4. We'll just look at a little bit here. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And he answered and said, What? 
It is written. He gave him a spiritual word. The Lord said, my words are spirit in their life. He used a spiritual weapon to fight a spirit devil. You hear me? He said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So stay in the spirit. Don't lean to your flesh. Don't lean to your own understanding. Now, another example, another reason why it's, it's important that you have been made perfect in the spirit is because now you stand in the righteousness of Jesus. So God won't hold anything from you. He won't withhold anything from you. Let's go. Might as well go to it. Let's go to Psalm 84, verse 11. Psalm 84, verse 11. The Bible says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Now, you've been made perfect in his sight. You've been made perfect in the sight of God. So why would he withhold anything from you? said, no good thing with you from them that walk uprightly. You have been made perfect in God's sight. So that means he's not going to withhold anything from you. But if you sink to the level of the devil, you, then you begin to, your life will be skewed. Start thinking of yourself as less than nothing, nobody, no good something. And you begin to lose or lose access to your inheritance. And last thing here, that um, being made perfect in God's sight gives you confidence in prayer. Confidence in prayer. You're going to find it hard to pray and seek God for anything in your life when you look at you. When you look at what you've done. Oh, I, God won't hear me because I did this or I said this. I feel so this uh, and all this. Why are you looking at you? Why are you looking at you? Because the moment you look at you, you come back into sensory knowledge. You come back into the intellect of man, what you can touch, taste, feel, smell, what you can reason. And the devil will fight you and tear you up in your sensory knowledge. He's been doing this for a long time. A lot of people, and he's defeated a lot of people that are a lot smarter than you and I. But he cannot defeat you if you remain in the spirit where you have been perfected. This is how we need to go into the presence of the Lord. Let's go to um, Hebrews, the fourth chapter, Hebrews 4, verse number 16, and we'll conclude here. Hebrews 4, verse 16 says, Therefore, this is out of the Amplified Bible, Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace. King James said, let's go boldly. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace. That is the throne of God's glorious favor with what? Confidence and without fear. With confidence and without fear. Hold on a second. My goodness. <clears throat> Thank you, Holy Spirit. With confidence and without fear so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need and appropriate blessing coming just at the right time. I mean, just at the right moment. <clears throat> so he says, let's go with confidence without fear. 
knowing that you've been made perfect, you're in the image of Jesus. As Jesus is accepted in the presence of God, so are you. How do I know that? Because he is your Adam. I'm going to skip right quick. Excuse me. One more time. Okay, one more time. Feel free to skip to online community. Feel free to skip. <clears throat> I know Jesus is my Adam. You have to know that Jesus is your Adam. As Jesus is accepted, as his model, his shape is accepted in the presence of God. Well, I was cut from that same model because I was born after him. As Jesus is accepted, hey, daddy, I'm accepted too. As Jesus is favored, hey, daddy, God, I am favored too. As Jesus is loved, hey, daddy, I am loved too. Why? Because I'm in, I was formed after his likeness. So every time, if you mess up, you, you sin, you do something wrong, you can always go to daddy God. You can always find mercy. You can always find his favor. He's always uh, waiting and ready to cleanse you and to wash you. He's always accepting and loving of you. Because remember, God is spirit. Jesus said God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is spirit and he made you perfect in the spirit. So when he sees you, you know, your spirit man can no longer sin. Hallelujah. Because your spirit is perfect. And it is your soul that is now catching up. So every time you read the word of God, every time you pray, every time you hear a, a, a word from the Lord, whether it's a message like this or what have you, your spirit man, the Holy Spirit is using that to perfect your spirit man, to mature your spirit man, catching up with the work that God has already done for you in the spirit. And the more we yield to him, the more we yield to him, the more it will manifest what you really are. First comes the spirit and then the natural. What was done in the spirit, what is rooted in the spirit, you will see in the natural. You will see it. Amen. So I tell you, dream big. Pray big. Ask big. Because you have massive favor with the Lord. You have massive favor. Pray big, ask big, dream big. Because now you can go with confidence before the Lord. You can come boldly before him because you're not coming in your righteousness, which is filthy, by the way. You're coming in the righteousness of Jesus. You're coming after his pattern. So this week, if you can, some of you already have cookie cutters. Anybody got a cookie cutter at home? A few of you got cookie cutters at home? As long as it's not sharp and all that, think, look at it. Don't cut yourself with it, but look at it. If you can make cookies this week, make cookies this week, make a biscuit this week, or whatever you got to do. Make more than one. And think about Jesus as your last Adam. 
Think about what he has done for you and how you are shaped, how you are formed. If that cookie cutter is a good one, if it's strong, not saying if it's some paper or something, but if it's a metal one, if it's a strong plastic, every time you mash it from the first to the 100th, it's going to have the exact same shape. That's what's happened to you. That's the perfect gift that God gave to you. That's how he sees you. That's how he sees you. So believe that and accept that today. Say with me, I am perfect. There's nothing missing in me. There's nothing broken in me. There's no flaw in me. When my father looks at me, he sees Christ. He sees perfection. My soul, my mind is catching up. He's maturing me. He's making me complete. I am perfect and I am cleansed in Jesus' name. Now, Father, thank you for the word that you've given us today. Lord, I pray that every word that you have spoken, that I pray that every word that you have spoken would be rooted deeply in our hearts and that our faith and confidence would not rely on a preacher, but our faith and confidence would rely on your word, would rely on you because you have said these things. And we put our faith and trust in you. And we thank you. We thank you for making us perfect. We thank you, Lord, for cleansing us. We thank you, Lord, that there is nothing missing and that there is nothing broken. We thank you, Father, that we have perfect fellowship with you and perfect friendship with you. We thank you that we are perfectly reconciled to you. Perfect relationship. Perfect relationship in every single way. We receive that. We thank you for making us like Jesus. And Lord, we rebuke the words of the enemy. We rebuke every word of doubt, doom, and everything else that's contrary to what you said to us. We ask that your will come to pass in our lives. And Lord, we do ask you for grace. We receive grace when you mash down on us, mash that cookie cutter in us. We do ask for grace. When we yell, ouch, Lord, we pray for special grace. When people go out of our lives, Lord, when we, when we stop doing things that we used to do that are killing us, Lord, we say, ouch. When we say, ouch, Lord, we ask for special grace that you may complete, completely mash that down into us and that all the dead things will be taken away, that we would truly look like Jesus in every single area of our lives. We give you praise today, and we thank you for this wonderful grace in which we stand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Online community, we love you guys so much, and we will see you on the next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.